If you live in the South Metro area and have been looking for top-notch customer service, extensive beer, wine, and spirit selections, and unbeatable prices, look no further than Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. You won't find a more varied inventory anywhere else. Don't just take it from me, guys. This is Michael, and he's been shopping at Davidson's since they opened. The thing I like about Davidson's versus the competitors, it has a larger selection. And if I am going to buy Spirit, then Davidson's is usually my first choice as well because just of the size of the selection. I also like the extensive selection of some hard-to-find items. But that's not all. Every department is staffed with highly trained specialists who can help you find exactly what you're looking for. I've always found the folks that you chat with to be knowledgeable. I've chatted with the spirit staff about different bourbons and different vodkas, and I am always chatting with the wine staff about different things and saying, I like this, what else do you have that's similar? Particularly when I go to non-US wines, I find them extremely helpful and helping me find something I'm looking for. What are you waiting for? Head to either of their locations in Centennial or Highlands Ranch and follow them on Facebook to stay up to date on their latest specials. Welcome in to the BSN Rockies podcast. It really wasn't talked about back then when I was in middle school and high school about pitching at elevation. It, the majority of the staff, I think, except for Marquez, we all came through the system uh, of the Rockies, and, and you can see that this was installed a long time ago. We're going to put a team on the field that's that's on a hit and play defense well, but also have a, a group of pitchers that know what it takes to pitch at this level and also you know, pitching at Coors with everything that goes along with that, with the you know, altitude and everything. It's very special. And we pride ourselves on it. And once I actually got off the family plan, I actually texted him, hey, I got my own phone bill, and he's like, it's about time. <laughs> so it was a pretty good one. Did you have a gold love before you were on your own phone plan? Um, Yeah, I did. I did. I, did. <laughs> I got brought in with runner at second, and I walked the eight, nine-hole guys um, who I faced in AAA earlier that year. And then all of a sudden, Derek Jeter comes over face loaded. And I'm like, oh, man, what do I do? But I started him off the breaking ball, actually, for a strike. And I ended up oh, striking him out. So. <laughs> what, do I, what do I do? I'll surprise him. <laughs> and now, your host, Drew Priestman. Welcome into the PSN Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. Now, let's jump into the show. On today's episode, I'm going to begin actually by going through the baseball game. Patrick Lyons and I did discuss the trade deadline and, and general lack of movement yesterday on the podcast and also on this episode very happy to be joined by mike rice of not just 850 koa because they are on fm now but the mothership the uh, flagship that brings you uh, your colorado rockies baseball on the radio Uh, he's become uh, a great friend a good person to talk to down at the ballpark And uh, we did a good 30 minutes on the direction of the team and the trade deadline and philosophical conversations and even Jeff Breidich's brain surgery comments. And so I don't want to rehash too much of that here. I do want to get into first the game yesterday. 
but well, actually, that, that's not true. I'm going to get into that second. I'm going to begin here with some questions because I'm doing the Periscope chat today and, and not the Facebook Live. And I want to give some people that maybe haven't had an opportunity yet to ask some questions. want to get some also from the website. So we'll do all of that. And then and we'll do most of the big picture stuff other than me answering these questions as best I can later with Mike. So we begin here with at, I think, B10 Devon. What changes need to take place uh, in the rotation and bullpen? Uh, changes, uh, oh, chances for Freeland and Sensatella. Well, the a lot of changes need to take place in the bullpen. And I think one of the people that you mentioned could be one of those changes. I would be very interested to see if they can retool Antonio Sensatella to be one of the answers in the bullpen. And I think there are going to be some answers that come internally. I'm really intrigued by what is, oddly enough, just a cast of four uh, young Latin fireball throwers. Carlos Estevez, Yancy Almonte, Asus Tinoco, and uh, Umay Iro Diaz. I'd really and and Jairo Diaz has had the most success this season. Carlos Estevez has the most experience, and I think overall has had the the best body of work, and I think is the most ready to take that next step. And he could be your best internal option at a setup role in a future where I'm assuming Scott Oberg is going to be your closer. I know they didn't move Wade Davis yesterday. We all know, we all know they didn't move Wade Davis yesterday. We watched what he did out there, but I I would be surprised. If the Rockies go into the 2020 season with Wade Davis as their closer as such, I'm expecting that to be Scott Oberg. And then you're figuring it out from there. Some combination of those guys and they're going to need to go outside the organization. And there's a similar situation, but kind of flipped in terms of the numbers in the rotation. Oddly enough, I think they feel very confident right now with at least their top two going into next year. That's John Gray and Armand Marquez. I think you got to feel decent, at least, about the general state of Peter Lambert. And then there are obviously still big question marks with Kyle Freeland. And what are you doing with that fifth spot? Is it okay for it to just be Chichi Gonzalez? Is that an opportunity to add a more impact arm to the club? And I think those will be the biggest questions that face them in the offseason but I do think that you're going to see the same top three next year that we saw this year so that's going to frustrate a lot of people Mike and I get into that later uh, but it's going to be Freeland Gray Marquez going into next season and uh, Freeland's going to need to figure it out all right a question here from Aaron says uh, what do we do with Wade does he remind you of the Edwin Diaz situation, both uh, former All-Stars were brought in and uh, it didn't turn out. And yeah, it's similar, but you know, it's interesting with Wade Davis because while he did have a very frustrating season in many ways a year ago as well, especially when you consider how it ended, he was bad in that last game in the NLDS, the only one played at Coors. Uh, he was bad a handful of times down the stretch, specifically memorably in Milwaukee and a couple of those blown saves while he didn't have a ton of blown saves on the year and he did set the Rockies franchise mark for converted saves. You take one of those really gnarly ones that he had away and they don't have to play the Dodgers for 
the division. They just win it outright. And instead of having to go to L.A. and then Chicago and then Milwaukee in the span of 48 hours, basically, uh, play three baseball games and then try to figure out a way to beat a different relief arm who can throw 100 miles an hour every inning, they'd have been they'd have had a day or two off and then gotten to host the Atlanta Braves at Coors Field, not to rub salt in the wound of last year. But the, there were these issues a year ago, but obviously he was much better last season. This extreme split at Coors Field is insane. Even Tyler Chatwood wasn't this crazy. He's got like a 10 ERA at home and a sub-1 ERA out on the road. Those are bonkers numbers. And I think that... As I was saying a moment ago, there's, there's, I don't know if there's anything you can do with them. I think, you know, not they, they obviously they didn't trade him. They can try to trade him in the offseason. I think they probably will, and they'll have to eat most of his contract, and they won't get much back, but they'll move him off the roster because I don't think you can just move him to the eighth inning. I saw some people saying, you know, well, if they just have uh, – if they don't have Wade Davis pitch the ninth inning, the Rockies would have won that game because they came back and scored in the bottom of the ninth. And it's like there's no guarantee that anybody else on the roster was going to be able to pick it up either. Again, other than Scott Oberg, who you're really not trying to run into the ground in a season like it's that looks like it's getting away from you. You've got a bunch of possibilities like Jairo Diaz. Okay, and, and I would be fine if the next time out they, they start sending out Jairo Diaz, but you're not going to totally bury Wade Davis if you're trying to trade him either. You have to pitch him sometimes and pitching him in the eighth. Well, and saving Scott over for the ninth, he could have just as easily given up five runs in the eighth inning. You haven't necessarily solved your problem, right? You've just moved it up an inning. And, and so if the question is, can they just shut him down for the remainder of the season and not put him out there anymore? They could, but that doesn't help you come the offseason if you're trying to get as much as you can out of moving him off your team, unless you're just totally resigned to paying him $17 million in 2020 to go away. And you just like, that's, that's a lot to ask, especially for a guy that, as we were just talking about, has shown some promise you might get some team to bite and say just take him away from Coors Field he's going to be much better so there's an argument to be made all the way around in all kinds of directions here with Wade Davis but I really don't think they can shut him down until maybe like the last couple of weeks of the season to try to get young guys in there a little bit more um, but their opportunity to do that would have been to trade him and and there might not I assume there really weren't a lot of takers you can't force somebody to take the guy off of your team but uh, that's that's part of why I think a lot of fans are feeling frustrated today is it seems like there could have been something along those lines we don't know we we very often don't know and that's part of what Breidich was getting at in his now infamous comments is there's he's got a lot more information than we do and it's very possible that it just couldn't happen but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it was another thing brutal. And like I said, yesterday's ball game was very emblematic of the Rockies' season and fans' frustrations right now. Everything from Herman Marquez being awesome but having to come out of the game with full-body cramps, struck out 10 dudes, hadn't walked anybody against the Dodgers at Coors Field. After the last couple of starts he's had, I think we feel very confident in saying that Herman Marquez has turned a corner, come out of 
the league having adjusted to him, he's adjusted back. He's walked through the fire much the way John Gray has. Not in time to save this season, but I think you're going to see a very, very good Harmen Marquez starting essentially three starts to go for the next couple of years. Honestly, I think Harmen Marquez has really taken a huge step into becoming the major league pitcher that he's going to be for most of his career. And that's a very, very good one. But of course, with the way this season has gone, he couldn't just complete the game and let the Rockies get their walk-off run in the ninth, right? Or go eight and then hand it to Oberg. Do it that way. Get your walk-off in the ninth, maybe. Or who knows? And you can't assume the offense would go the same way. But it just it just couldn't pan out that way. And then... Over the last couple of games, some bits of irony with Jake McGee and Brian Shaw suddenly totally dominating. Shaw striking out six the other night. McGee striking out the side uh, right after they, or right before and then right after, before with Shaw, after with McGee. They are not moved. Again, similar situations, but with contracts and all of that. And it's just, again, they can make all of these moves later. So there is plenty of hope for the off season but um Aaron no I, I I think the chances they get hot are remarkably slim especially after seeing Kyle Freeland still struggling with it out there if if Freeland had come out and shoved even if they still lost this series two to one if Freeland had pitched well I might be sitting here saying look guys they they could go on run and they still could look seven and a half with more than 50 games to play is not the craziest thing that's ever happened. It's it's not. And I, and I know people often have a hard time divorcing themselves from absolutely horrific baseball, which we have witnessed in the month of July. And Jeff Breidich said this yesterday. It's not just that they have lost a lot of games. They have played bad baseball at the plate, on the mound, on the base paths, in the field, bad baseball. But that does not preclude them from knocking it off, <laughs> from turning it around with very much the same group of guys who have a lot of talent that hasn't shown through this year. It's a long uphill battle. There's too many teams, I think, in the way. It's unlikely that it happens. But this is, um, the, like I said, crazier things have happened, but I think the rest of this season is going to be about figuring out who is your core for sure and moving on from there and trying to rebuild the role players around that core. And some of those guys who are on the bubble of, are they a part of your core? Some of those relievers I mentioned earlier, I think Ryan McMahon is in that category. Tony Walters is an interesting guy in that category. But no, I don't think they can do it with just Gray and Marquez pitching well and Chi-Chi and Lambert pitching fine. They needed a third guy. And it's tough, and I'll say this too, and I can't remember if I made this point really later with Mike. I know we talked about the pitching, but I want to say this just because it was on a day when, once again on Twitter, I was called a homer for defending the general positioning of the team. And I do want to say that I think it's interesting that Kyle Freeland has escaped 
as much of the criticism as he has, considering the way John Gray was dealt with a year ago, considering the anger for Ian Desmond and Wade Davis and Jeff Breidich right now. And I get all of that, and I really do. And, and, and most of it, I would say, is justified. Maybe not necessarily the anger, but the, the criticisms are justified. But the biggest difference from a 91-win team a year ago to this year is that their best pitcher a year ago is now their worst. That's the biggest difference. I, I, you can't put it all on the kid, but I do think there is a lot of people who want to claim they're not being homers because they're criticizing the team and Ian Desmond and all these other people, but they don't want to put enough of the blame on the kid from Denver. And I get that. It's tough. It's tough to take. It's also the toughest question to answer. It's, it's not a, well, that guy should be fired or that guy should be traded or they should do X, Y, and Z. And there's plenty of that conversation to be had. I don't want to damp down on it because I, I am still of the position and always have been. They got to move out some of these veterans. They got to get younger. They got to retool. They got to sign some better relievers. All of that. They got to take a real, real long look at the starter market, but that doesn't mean you go crazy. They are in a position to compete next year, especially if they can get back Kyle Freeland, the biggest difference maker. So I know people are frustrated. And what I would say is he deserves some benefit of the doubt, does Freeland, as does everybody else? And and that's sort of the, the point that I'm trying to make here. Is I do think that to some degree they're they're skirting the, the issue because the hardest thing is just that a human being happened to have a really bad year where everything went wrong and he was such a vital member of the team and then enough of the other struggles around that kind of compounded and that's your season. No amount of keeping DJ or Otto or... You know, having signed better relievers a couple of years ago c- could have helped out last year, maybe, but not this season. It, it would not have changed this season around with the way the starters have pitched. Uh, Sparky wants to know if I am a- intrigued by Luis Gohara. I'll, I'll have to say I, I need to learn a little bit more about this relief pitcher, but I'm intrigued by every young relief pitcher. That's what I think the Rockies should be stockpiling right now and throwing them at the wall and see what sticks. And that's a little bit why I think, you know, it's tempting to go, oh, they made a couple of trades of guys they've never heard of. I'm not going to deny I had never heard of the players the Rockies traded or traded for yesterday. Now, my knowledge of the minor league system isn't what it used to be either, but still I didn't know these guys. But I looked a little bit at this uh, Joe Harvey and it's the right idea. I don't know if he's going to be a thing. Fastball slider, young guy with potential, reliever, see what sticks. Get an army of those dudes and see what sticks. So it's it's the right first step if there are going to be several more like that uh, before next season begins. <laughs> uh, Wild the Innocent says they haven't lost in August this year. very true and thank heavens july is gone hard to argue with that uh the the rockies absolutely need 
a turn of the calendar here. Like we were saying a moment ago, Aaron, no, it, it's not impossible. Things do happen. But I actually think from a roster standpoint, a lot of people are, are upset about some extracurricular stuff, and that's, that's fine. But from a roster analysis standpoint, the Rockies are in pretty good shape to build around a core of 10. I wrote about it just a couple of days ago outlining who I think those 10 guys are and who I think are four or five guys who could join them in that younger category, including Peter Lambert, Carlos Estevez. Those are sort of the high-ceiling young guys who I think could become a part of your core moving forward. And Jeff Breidich said as much yesterday as well. He brought up the core a lot. You're going to hear after I, I take a break here in a minute uh, about all of that. So I think it's the right way to go. It, and I understand why it frustrates fans who just want everything to be fixed. And, and it's not. it wasn't going to be fixed at the deadline. It's not going to be fixed in one move. And some of it, no matter how much people want to admit it or not, no matter how much people want to lay blame at the feet of Bud Black or Jeff Breidich or anybody else, no matter what moves they make or would have made yesterday, no matter the ideal trade you can think of, a reasonable one, but an ideal trade you could think of, yesterday or in the offseason, that's not going to get them to win the division all by itself. One way or another, they are going to count, they have to count on things like Kyle Freeland pitching better either down the stretch if you want to get back in it this year or next season. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and go to break here. Before I do, I actually have to remind everyone that uh, Breckenridge Brewery, by the way, do you guys see that? The new official beer of BSN Denver. Those guys are awesome. They're super fantastic. You know their best stuff. Their vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, the avalanche. But I do have to tell you, this new Strawberry Sky, winning a lot of people over. People are coming up to me and telling me. In fact, we got a comment. I, I got a question I'm going to read for tomorrow's podcast. People in, in their comments to me and questions about the Rockies bringing up the Strawberry Sky. That's how much they love it. So make sure that you don't miss out on the next time we're drinking Strawberry Sky or Oatmeal Stout or any of these other fantastic Breckenridge brews. But checking out the events calendar on bsndenver.com. Coming out, hanging out with us. It's a lot of fun. You can talk my ears off about all the trades you would have made, everything you think the Rockies should be doing, all your real candid thoughts about Jeff Breidich and Bud Black and everyone on the team, and I'll be more than happy to listen and, and tell you my own, which are always the same. That's one thing I, I mentioned this on Twitter today. One thing you always get from me, no filter. You don't have to guess what I'm thinking. You may not like what I'm thinking and what I'm saying, but at least you don't have to guess what it is, uh, what I actually think. So, um, but, but anyway, that was just a, another reminder. Drink some Breckenridge Brewers. I'm wearing the agave wheat shirt today, hanging out with our friends on Periscope. But I'm going to wrap up this part of the conversation and send it to commercial break. When we come back on the other side of it, you're going to hear from Mike Rice, and, and we're going to continue to take a big-picture look at this team. And uh, we're all in this trying to figure it out together. So uh, I hope you'll enjoy the conversation as much as I did. 
Hey, if you're like me and you're trying to figure out how to be a mature, refined adult, or you just really like wine, you have to check out my friends over at Weinster. Weinster is an innovative online direct-to-consumer wine club connecting wine drinkers with more than 110 of the best wineries in America today. What makes Weinster special is that the majority of wineries they work with are too small to attract the attention of retailers, meaning not only are you getting access to some delicious and hard-to-find wines, you're also supporting real people making real wine, not one of the few large corporations producing most of the wines available in stores. With Weinster, all you have to do is sit back and relax as they curate a hand-picked shipment from the best small wine producers in the U.S. Then, when you fall in love with a couple of wines, as a club member, you can have them sent right back to your door with no shipping cost. I especially love Weinster because it was founded by three CU Boulder alums, so sign up today with the code BSN25 to get $25 off your first shipment of wine and start being a real grown-up. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R. Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver, and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success. Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer like entire team instruction and fitness programs you know the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge positive attitude work ethic and fun that their summer camps provide your child will want to play on one of their teams check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more all right, welcome back into the BSN Rockies podcast presented by The Green Solution. Excited to be joined now by Mike Rice of KOA, the mothership. Uh, you can oftentimes hear him talking Rockies or, or other sports around the, we, we know those other sports exist, but uh, uh, also you can hear not just on those shows, but occasionally as a stand-in for Jack or Jerry on the game broadcast. I always love hearing your, your voice and your insights on those broadcasts, but thanks for sitting down right after the end of the trade deadline to talk with me, man. Yeah, good to see you, Drew. Thanks for having me. And you're always one of my favorite people to talk baseball with down here. We, we always have a blast. And since we were doing that, I thought, you know what? This is a good conversation for the podcast. Yeah. Why don't we go ahead and hash it's it out? Certainly a good time of year, right? A lot of activity, not only uh, surrounding the Rockies, not so much in trades, but just around MLB. Right. And, and since it's that everyone's got opinions this of time of year. And, and you and I were just chatting that, you know, there have been, there were a whole bunch of pretty 
crazy rumors flying around, or not even necessarily rumors, just people suggesting Rockies do things from blowing this whole thing up because of the month they've just had. We just came from uh, talking with Jeff Breidich, and he explained why he believes in this core and, and, and why they're making some of these smaller moves and, and that there's still work to be done. He admitted to that as well. But I wanted to get your just general take on, on this team's place right now after two very good seasons and such a disappointing moment should they rebuild retool tear the whole thing down or, or can they work around the edges here what do you think well if you're talking about retooling then you're talking about a multi-year process i don't think that's in the rockies plans right. i don't think that's their vision i don't think that's what they've wanted to do jeff just talked about responsible growth in the payroll again for next year that speaks to a belief in the core which he also talked about and i asked him as well a belief in the starting core guys like kyle freeman antonio senzatella some of the other uh, bullpen pieces that quite honestly just haven't worked out the way the rockies thought but it but it was pretty clear and he said it on the record that he believes in a guy like Kyle Freeland to bounce back. He believes in Antonio Senzatella to figure it out and again become an effective starter. So it all points to the Rockies believing that they can and their goal is to contend again next year for the division crown, the wild card, for a postseason berth. So from that standpoint, if they were to undergo a blow-up, I think it would be a surprise, and I think it would come during the offseason, clearly now with the deadline passed. They talked about more expensive guys on the roster. Some of the names were out there. I think you can read between the lines. Jeff didn't mention any names, nor should he. But I don't think that's in their plans, Drew. And no. I think that Jeff believes that this team can return and be competitive again. Here's the other factor, too, which goes unsaid. If the Rockies are thinking of a rebuild, a complete blow-up, then you might as well have started talking about Nolan Arenado to other teams as well because right. Nolan doesn't want to be a part of that. That's right. obvious. You would have to start there. That would have to be like exactly. the first part of it. Right? And, and that would be an off-season issue. That's not a deadline issue. Right. Um, but, yeah, no, I thought that he, he sort of opened up. You were, you were alluding to this by saying, yeah, a lot of teams called about the players, and, and he didn't say the names with the guys you would think. You know, you figure there was guys asking about Oberg and about John Gray and even probably about Charlie Blackman. And – he said, you know, we could have moved any number of players off of our team, but we decided not to do that. And, and I think those were more, you know, people, I'm, I know I've got a lot of questions coming in already. Why didn't they get rid of some of these more troublesome contracts or maybe bring in some promising prospects? But this time of year, especially, the GMs who were calling Jeff Breidich are asking about Oberg and Gray and Blackman, and he did well to not blink on any of those more than he was able to shop around what he wanted. Right? I, I, I think, though, the interesting thing about the comments of, about dealing, quote-unquote, unfriendly contracts, Ian Desmond's been a productive player this year. Right. Charlie Blackman's been a productive player this year. Scott Oberg's contract is not unfriendly because all, right. he's financially controllable. Most of the issues surrounding this team have been primarily pitching, whether it be the starting rotation or, to a little bit lesser degree, the bullpen guys. Most of the pitching is financially controlled by the Rockies. Right. So the problem areas that have really stood out over the course of time, and in particular during the month of July, financially have nothing to do with the expensive guys for the most part. Right. Now, Shaw, McGee, yes, those would be Wade Davis to a lesser degree. Sure, I can see some of that, but this starting rotation is financially controllable. John Gray 
is probably their most farthest along in terms of service time, and he's been their best starter all year long on right. balance. So it, it's when your core guys struggle, whether it be position guys, whether it be pitching, Drew, it's very difficult to fix that during the course of the year because if there were great players on the waiver wire, I mean, they're on the waiver wire because they haven't been great players or they're struggling. So it, it's that's not to make excuses. And I agree with Jeff that it has been disappointing this month. It's been dreadful, quite honestly. And nobody has wanted it. Nobody saw it coming. It's a reality, though. And, and I give Jeff credit for saying we've got to own it. We've got to fix it. Yeah, and, and I thought he did a really good job. You know, you were just saying that he more or less said that almost verbatim, that admitting the depth of the issues of like no one move at this trade deadline was going to turn this thing around for us we've got a few things here we've got to focus on and and go about changing so that there was nothing that they were going to do today that was going to make rockies fans go ah that's the key to the future that just wasn't in the cards anywhere no right? and there are different ways to look at the deadline you could say well a contender might be might be more willing to part with more because of the urgency of the moment and the fact that there's no non or there's no waiver trade deadline this right. year at the end of August. I can see that. I can also see that if Jeff feels like a lot of these guys that were being talked about, whether it be Charlie, because presumably he came up, presumably Ian Desmond came up at some level. I mean, those moves can also be made during the offseason should the Rockies want to go in that direction. Right. It's not as if this is the last chance for them to unload some money, shift some money before next season. Exactly. Uh, but speaking of offloading and shifting money, we, we got to talk about this because you, you were blowing my mind with this stuff earlier. This is one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you on this because it, it doesn't get talked about a lot. We all know. Nobody listening to this is confused who has more money between the Dodgers and right. the Rockies. But right. you were putting it to me in terms of the actual difference here. And it is extraordinary it is. when you take a look at the TV deals. Because we tend to look at payrolls and, oh, they're paying their guys a lot more money. But where does that money come from? How come they're able to do that? And the difference in the amount of money they're bringing in from television is staggering. It's staggering, Drew. And let me preface this by saying I'm not excusing the Rockies. This is their reality. They've never ducked from it. They've never made excuses for it. Right. We just heard Jeff talk about the reality of how they played in the month of July, and it hasn't been good. Right. So nobody is saying that the Rockies shouldn't ever win. No, I mean, they're in it to try and win it, right. whatever level you want to go to. They're, they want to win a World Series. They've been very open, and I give them credit for that. And they haven't backed down from that. They haven't used excuses. But let me just throw some figures at you. because And before you get into yeah. it, they did sign. They went out and paid the big money to Charlie yes. Blackman and to Nolan yes. Arnold. They have paid their guys. Yes, and they identified those two in particular as two of the core guys. Not every guy for a mid or smaller market team, often determined financially, right. can be a core guy. That's just the reality right. of being in a market the size of Denver. But the Dodgers... Six years ago, 2013, had a new TV deal. It was a 25-year deal. Ooh, worth Bryce Harper, eat your heart out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> worth, and the, the exact figure I wasn't able to, to find, but it was somewhere between 7 and $8 billion, or 8-plus billion. So let's take it on the conservative <sighs> side. Let's take $7 billion over 25 years. That's $280 million per year. 
And it could be if I saw a figure that was as high as $8.8 billion. Now, I don't know. But I saw a figure that was reported as that high. That would be upwards of $350 million per year. So you get a ballpark. You're in that $300-plus million per year for the Dodgers just wow. on their TV deal. Wow. Just on their TV deal. Right before you've sold a piece of merchandise exactly. or a concession or a ticket. Did anything. Whatever else, however else you generate revenue. The Rockies in the last 10 years generated $200 million from their TV deal. Now, they're going to get a new one. The number's going to go up from $20 million a year. I think that's pretty safe to say. But let's be honest. It's not going to approach $100 million. It certainly isn't going to approach 280 And it darn well certainly isn't going to approach $350 million. $350 million. So, and again, that just paints the picture. If the Dodgers make a mistake on a big-name free agent, a Clayton Kershaw that they want to sign or trade for, and it's $30 million a year. Think of this now, $30 million a year at 280 on the low side for just their TV deal. They can, they can buy their way out of that. Right. They can, and, and if it's probably more than $7 billion by all accounts that I was reading. So now you're talking $300, 350000000 million per year. The Rockies, $20 million per year do the math it's not that hard the rockies have to be a draft and develop organization all mid to smaller market teams have to do that and that's why they have to make choices about who their core guys are how they spend their money and the mistakes that the rockies make and teams in similar positions are magnified because they don't have the money to buy their way out Right, and and that's one of the things that's always been so crazy about is you always have to be you feel like you almost have to be perfect in trading and free agency. And I've had this conversation a lot. I was having it today on Twitter. People say, "Why don't they ever just go out and make the big move? Why don't they they do the big thing?" I said, "Look at the history. It's like this isn't a Jeff Breidish thing. Look at Dan O'Dowd. Look at go go back to any ownership group, whatever version of the Rockies you want to look at. You can count on one hand, maybe two. The number of impact players who have come from outside the organization. Larry Walker jumps straight to mind. Sure. But there's, I mean, most of the guys, even guys like Cargo, who technically weren't drafted and developed by the Rockies, he spent some time in their minor league system. You go down the line of impact Rockies over the year, 90% of them were drafted and developed. And you go and look down the line at the big name guys who came from somewhere else, and 90% of them were total busts. Exactly. Especially pitchers. Especially and, pitchers. And if you think that pitchers around Major League Baseball are biased against pitching in Denver, if that bias exists, let me just put it that way. Right. Agents talk about it. Players talk about it. Because players don't want to have, pitchers don't want to have a 4-8-5-2 ERA, and yet they could be considered a good pitcher for the Rockies because they're te- keeping the team in the game. That's not what guys are typically about so the Rockies have made a conscious decision to try and put their development emphasis on the pitching side and then plug holes I mean if you look at the history of the Rockies when they've had a star player they've done a pretty good job signing those guys to a big deal that's not Dodger big it's not Yankees Cubs or Red Sox big but again you have to realize the Rockies don't live in that world they only live in it because they have to compete against it. But we've also seen examples where smaller to mid-market teams can be competitive on a consistent basis. Maybe make a run to the World Series. Maybe win it. Is it harder to be that consistent when you don't have the money? Of course it is. But Cargo, Tulo, Nolan, Charlie, 
Those are four core guys in the last, what, 10 years or so that the Rockies have given, for them, sizable money to. Right. Did the players themselves maybe take a little less than they could have gotten on the open market? Well, sure. But, but that's part of the Rockies' philosophy as well, right. of trying to build a culture and build a, a team and an organization that would want certain guys to stay. But if someone's going to say, yeah, but Mike, every guy's not staying. They're not going okay. Then, then I'm just going to agree to disagree because they cannot act like the Dodgers or the Cubs or the Red Sox or the Yankees from a financial standpoint and expect to survive. It, it just doesn't work that way. Right, and, and I think we're seeing one of the best examples of this because oftentimes the, the philosophy gets cut off before it ever fully gets to come to fruition and the team isn't competitive and so certain guys just leave and go other places. But we've seen with John Gray the blueprint might as well call the kid the blueprint at this point because no one, John, uh, uh, Kyle Freeland and Herman Marquez are showing us it's going to happen to Peter Lambert at some point in his career. He's going to be really good for a while, then he's going to just get killed by the league. These guys are really good. Um, but we've seen John come out the other side of the fire, and I think that's why one of the weirdest rumors are people talking about, you and I were, were saying this, we get that John Gray would have value on the trade market, but he's literally the prototype for any Rockies seem to build their rotation around because he's homegrown, he's been through the fire, the tribulations, he's out there pitching consistent baseball right now. And so that's the kind of thing I think. I want to fold these two. I want, I'd like your thoughts on that, but I want to let you get out of here too. And I, I wanted to make sure to get your thoughts on this because this is where we started the whole thing. I think analysis, like what we've seen over the last couple of days, of like, well, they're out of it, so they should entertain tra trading John Gray, is why Jeff Breidich made some comments in a book that got him in a little bit of trouble. And you and I were talking about this, that there was an element of those comments that were absolutely spot on, and it's because a lot of this nuance that you and I are talking about right now tends to get lost in favor of, why don't they try to keep up with the Dodgers, which we're saying... Well, this is why. This is a big part of why. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, two things. First, on the gray issue. Again, it goes back to what the Rockies think they're going to be next year. And Jeff made it pretty clear today that he believes that they can be a, comp a competitive team again next year. Right. And if it, all the moves they've made or not made sort of pointed to that. So if that's the case, why would you trade John Gray? Right. He's a big part of that, presumably, next year. Now, things could shift between now and spring training, winter meetings and all that. But as we sit here today, the Rockies feel like they can be competitive. Why would you trade John Gray? Why would you fire sale this team? Because if you're going to fire sale the team, you're telling Nolan that we're not going to be competitive right. during your tenure here, and Nolan's going to say, all right, trade me. And I think the Rockies would honor that because I think that would be the right thing to do. I don't think they're going in that direction. Right. I don't think Jeff or Dick Monfort feel that that's the direction they want to go in. So to your point about the comments in Drew's book that Jeff made. Look, people are giving Jeff a lot of heat for comparing it to brain surgery. And my whole thing is that was an analogy. An analogy is not saying it's an equivalent. Right. He was saying, as an example, somebody could walk into a do an operating room and evaluate a brain surgeon. We don't do that. I get the fact that it's sports. I get the fact we all have opinions. And I'm, I'm including myself in this group here. It's really important that I clarify that. Just because we have an opinion doesn't mean we know what goes on in Jeff Breidish's world every day. Sometimes our opinions 
turn out to be correct about what we think the Rockies should have or shouldn't have done. I heard a lot of opinions saying they should have jettisoned Ian Desmond in April. Right. And guess what? That would have been a bad move. Right. For He's, nothing. Right. Right. Just cut him outright. Right. I, I heard that. Right. And clearly, I mean, come let us reason together. So I understand what Jeff was saying. There's a part of me that agrees with what he said. My only thing would be, I'm not sure what there was to gain by saying it. Yeah. Jeff Breidish is a big boy. Jeff knows the game. He knows when he goes public. And by the way, I think it's also worth noting these comments to Drew were made long before they came out. People forget how long it takes to write a book. Exactly. I've seen that. People think it, that he made them a couple of weeks ago. It's like, no. No, no. But, yeah. And it doesn't, it doesn't change the fact that he made the comments. Right. And, and, and presumably, at least at the time, and presumably now, there's at least a part of him that believes that. So, look, Jeff doesn't you know, consult any of us. I don't know what it's like to be a GM of a baseball team. Can I look at a team and say, man, it'd be cool if they could do this, or why didn't they do this, or how come they did this? Those are all fair questions. Those are all fair debates. But for him to get ripped because he believed that he was taking some shots and decided to say, hey, you know what? A lot of people who are telling or saying that they know how to do things simply don't know how to do things and you know was it a poor analogy maybe uh am i biased sort of sympathetic to the rockies i would admit i lean that way of course but i'm also fair enough to say i'm not sure what he gained by saying it and yet there's also a part of me to be honest that understood what he was saying and in context he was saying i think look you people don't see everything You people don't actually know what it's like to try and make a trade, as one example. Right. To try and retool a pitching staff in an offseason. To, number one, attract some relievers that'll come here. And then, number two, to sort of ride the roller coaster when they're actually pitching and going through some tough times. So, Jeff's going to take heat for that. And he's a big boy. I just happen to, to, in large part, I found the offense and the outrage kind of interesting. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, I, I did too. Because, like you said, I, I almost feel like like you were leaning toward there. If he'd almost got, now he doesn't get into more specifics because he's protecting his players, and of that's course, what a good general manager does, right? Yeah. But I, I think the comments almost would have been more like you you could have challenged people to say, okay, you, let's go back and see. And we've seen this recently. What was your analysis of, for example? Brian Shaw before he was a Colorado Rocky. It's easy for you to look in hindsight and rip me for signing this guy that didn't pan out. But go back and what was your analysis at the time? And we've seen some of that. Actually, one place we've seen it a lot is the, the letting go of DJ LeMahieu. Absolutely. You and I talked about this. At the time, most people look who were being objective and looking at the Rockies, that's a smart move to make. And then they struggle for a couple of months, and all of a sudden some of these same people are out going, it's because they let go of DJ LeMahieu. Yeah. And I think that's the kind of thing that that those comments were aimed at. And let, let's take that for a minute because we have some time, I think. Yeah. Let's take the DJ issue. Okay, if DJ LeMay, who's your second baseman instead of McMahon, Rogers, Hampson, triumvirate this year, the Rockies' offense would be a little better than it is. And on balance, there have been some streaky moments, but it's been a pretty productive offense. Yeah. Let's look at the pitching because this is where I believe it, it just doesn't take a rocket science right. scientist. <laughs> right. Let's use the phrase, the Rockies probably expected more from. Yeah. Let me list some pitchers. Yeah. You tell me if you agree. Yeah. Kyle Freeland, obviously. Oh, 
Antonio Senzatella. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. Jake McGee, I think, is on that list. Yeah, I, that's one I might push back on this a year. A little bit. But, but, yeah, I mean, the home run rate is killer. For that's the price the, yeah. tag, though. And for the, yeah, he's not looking okay. up to the contract. And Brian Shaw has been much better. Right. But, but he hasn't been that guy he was in Cleveland. Nope. I think we can be objective yep. about that. Wade Davis, I think you throw in that group, at least on the periphery. Exactly. And, and he was hurt a little bit this year, too, so far. Chad Bettis gets in that group. Right. Mike Dunn goes in that group. Very much. Harrison Musgrave, DFA'd, goes in that group. Again, hurt, but still, they expected more than what they got this year. Uh, Sung Wan Oh, Tyler Anderson, Chris Russin. Drew, that's 11 pitchers. Yeah. People want to point the finger at DJ. I get the frustration. I understand the emotion. Fans can be that way. Of course. He's a a great guy. He's a gold glover. But the fact of the matter is, losing DJ LeMayhew is not the reason the Rockies are seven, eight games under 500. Right. It's just not the reason. 11, 11 the pitchers yeah. who at some level, for some, I think, significant amount of time this year, didn't give the team probably what the team had hoped for, is to me much more the reason the Rockies are where they are. Right. And on top of all of that, Herman Marquez had one really bad stretch that he, he appears to have come out of. My yes. goodness yes. gracious. But th- but that's what's tough about a kid. He's a 24-year-old kid who, who went through a rough stretch in his third year in Major League Baseball. But because all of these other pitchers, all these other 11 guys are struggling, they couldn't afford that either. They couldn't afford one or two hiccups from Marquez. But, and, but we've all seen teams that are struggling have one great pitcher, one great starter, who every time out does his thing, and yeah. it's still not enough to carry a team. Right. A position player, obviously, can make an impact every day a lot easier to carry a club over the course of right. a week or ten days or two weeks. One great starting it it takes a village, and it kind of <laughs> does it. as it. far as the pitching staff right. goes. And unfortunately, it's been one of those years, for whatever reason, that it has it has fallen apart in multiple areas on the staff, both in the starting rotation. and The, the bullpen f- stumbles have been uh, handleable, if I can use yeah. that made-up word. But the starters' struggles have been so glaring, Drew. Right. And it's just it's tough to see, and it's tough to say because, honestly, I want those guys to do well. But the fact of the matter is you have to call spade a spade, and the starters have really struggled. Roughly, the starters have a – a, a general ERA of about five and a half, give or take that's, a little bit. That's tough to swallow. Yeah. It really, it's tough to be a playoff team when that happens, even at Coors Field. So I'll, I'll close out with this then, because I think more than likely what we're going to see going into next year is a starting rotation that features John Gray, Herman Marquez, Kyle Freeland, Peter Lambert, and then we'll see about that fifth spot. Actually, too, Chi-Chi Gonzalez has done some interesting things. Maybe. But, Sensatella but again, we're around, talking six months. Move? But there's Sensatella, a, a lot of things that can happen. And uh, you know, Anderson, Anderson, who knows where he's going to be. Gonna be. Yeah. Right. But I think those four guys are, are likely to be who the Rockies are built. And so the question then goes to you, because we've all seen the same stuff, of missing spots, little mechanical things here and there, mental things, whether it's for Freeland or Marquez. But can those two guys get it back? Because I think so much of it is about who are they as young men at this point? We know they've got the talent. So are, are we going to ha- have to be out there going into next season telling fans, look, I know they're bringing back the same group of pitchers who just got rocked in 2019, but 
they turn, do you need to see for the rest of this season more out of Freeland and Marquez? Maybe not Marquez. He looks like he's turned the corner. Yeah. But, or or Senza, can you believe if he gets Freeland? Senza, if he gets a chance. Do you need to see him start turning that corner, or do you just think going into next year, like, like Gray, we saw no signs. He finished the year poorly, didn't make the playoff roster the whole nine. He showed up in spring training, a new, a new man. And there was talk about should the Rockies cut bait right. with John Gray? Right. In the offseason. let him go. Let him go. Or trade him or do whatever. Didn't make the playoff roster. Yeah. How good can he be? Right. And the mental issues of the wild card game, the struggles right. in Phoenix, you don't hear that anymore. Right. Because he's a better player, better pitcher. Look, there's no getting around the fact that the games down the stretch, even if the Rockies don't make a push for the playoffs, are meaningful to Kyle Freeland to Senza if he comes back up to every one Lambert, of the for sure absolutely Each one of the rest of these yeah. guys yeah. and and Jeff Hoffman if he gets more opportunities right. down the stretch can he become a viable option because he's not he's kind of a fringe he's option in between yeah, yeah he's he hasn't distinguished himself and put his foot down and said I'm a big league pitcher consistently absolutely meaningful if there's no major move on the pitching staff between now and next year, of course that's going to be the narrative going into spring training. Right. And you know what, Drew? It should be at that point because of what's happened this year. There you go. It's fair. Yeah, absolutely. Just like it was fair that we didn't expect Kyle as one example. And I don't mean to bring him up as the poster boy, but, it, I mean, we didn't expect him to struggle to this degree. No. And Marcus, as you alluded to, has had his moments of struggle. The league adjusted to him, but I think we're seeing Ermon adjust back and still be that guy you can count on to keep you in the game. And and so if nothing changes dramatically between now and next Valentine's Day in terms of moves, in terms of bolstering the pitching staff, whatever, then, yeah, that's going to be the biggest question mark going into 2020. Yeah, I agree. But uh, I think either way, like you said, there's going to be a lot to watch for down the stretch this season. And, the, and then there should be a lot to watch for in the offseason. Because I, I do expect Jeff to go out and, and get active at that time, even though he was pretty quiet here today. And just listening to him, he sounds like a guy who understands two things. One, he's got a great core. And two, he's got some serious problems that need to be addressed. Yeah, and, and Jeff was really honest. He said, we've got to own it. And that was his exact phrase. Yeah. And as he said, nobody saw the struggles in July coming to this degree. Nobody thought that the wheels would come off as they have. And the fact is, they've got to fix it, or yeah. they've got to try to fix it. And so I don't, in the offseason, just because there was no major deal, and I, you know, you can, we don't have to mention the guys that fans would probably want at the top of their list right. to be gone. But that doesn't mean that they're going to open spring training next year. We really do have to wait and see what happens after the World Series as the offseason market, the winter meetings, and all that unfold. Right. And that's not a cop-out because, hey, the, Jeff said it. Don't need me to repeat it, but I will. They've got things to fix. They've yeah. got things to address. And I'm not ready to say that they're not going to be able to address any of them. I'm going to wait and see what they do and then sort of let it play out from there. Right. I think that's the, the way to go. Like, like any good brain surgeon would. No. Oh. <laughs> I had to, just to close it out. Well, like, um, that is to the point, though, isn't it? To maybe not throw uh, a bunch of stuff in the air before we even know what's going to happen. Let's see what happens and then analyze it. Let's see what happens. Just like we, did, you know, in April, some people were saying that 
I think Ian Desmond's going to have a decent year. He's he's had a, at least a decent year yeah. as one example. So it's hard because none of us like to be patient. Fans don't like to. And I get it. I really do. Uh, but I look at it a little bit differently. Um, I, you have to look at it through the reality in which the Rockies live. And again, not to make excuses because they're saying they want to compete for a World Series. Right. And if they want to compete, then they're going to have to figure out a way to be competitive against the teams with the bigger revenue pools. But, you know, I'm not ready to say that Kyle Freeland can't be a big league pitcher either. I'm just not ready to say that. Yeah. As one example. Exactly, right? So, all right, Mike. Well, thank you so much for your time. This has been great. Uh, I don't know why I haven't had you on the podcast before. we got to do this again sometime. Anytime, Drew. Good to be with you. Thanks, man. Thank you. Hey, guys. I was just sitting here talking to Lindsay about Total Bev's new app. It's incredible. You can shop 5,000 different wines, 2,000 beers, 3,500 spirits, anytime, anywhere. Better yet, you can have Total Beverage shop for you and pick it up inside prepaid and waiting for you. Wait a second. That is so cool. So can I still get it delivered if I use the app? Absolutely. I know you guys have heard of their delivery service. Total Beverage will deliver to your house within 90 minutes or less. We can even save you 10 bucks on a purchase of 50. Use promo code TOTALLY10 at checkout. What's also amazing, BSN fam, if you can't find an item you want, Total Bev will give you suggestions of similar items on the shelf, or you can request a special item right from your phone. It really doesn't get much better than that. Remember, use promo code TOTALLY10 at checkout to save. That's T-O-T-A-L-L-Y 10. All right, I want to thank Mike one last time for coming on the podcast. That was a lot of fun. Again, I hope all of you enjoyed that. I, I think that's all I've got to say for today, though I hope the eagle-eared among you, eagles don't have great ears. I say that some of you, eagle eyes because they've got good eyes. I don't know what has great ears. Somebody tweet at me an animal that hears really good so I can make up a phrase in the future. But those of you with exceptional hearing or who were just paying attention, you could probably hear the sounds of the Dodgers hitting a couple of home runs off of Wade Davis as we were wrapping up that interview. If you were wondering what that crowd noise in the background was and guessed, oh, that was probably that inning where all the Dodgers fans at Coors Field were excited about the home runs they were hitting off of Wade Davis. Ding, 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 you were correct. So that was just almost really the perfect sound for that interview to end on, for that day to end on. It's just that's been that kind of season, but we'll be back at it. Uh, I appreciate everyone for listening in here on this off day, especially if you did actually listen to this on the off day. What is wrong with you? Do something else other than Rockies baseball. No, actually don't. I need you to do Rockies baseball all day, every day. That's uh, how we make our living here at BSN Denver, you super hardcore people. So we can't thank you enough for continuing to check out the articles and the podcasts and everything else that we can put together for you. Continue to follow us on social media or do so if you haven't yet at BSN Rockies, at Drew Creaseman, at Patrick D. Lyons. Give us a like, share, and subscribe on Facebook, whatever podcast app you happen to be using. Swing by bsndenver.com and give us a subscribe. You'll get a free T-shirt if you do. If you've already subscribed and you want to take a look at some of the new shirts, head over to bsndenvermerch.com. Some really fantastic stuff there. So thank you all for continuing to be absolutely awesome. I promise you I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark.